Paula? A light shone around the edges of the partially open office door. Chandra pushed the door open. Why aren't you answer- Paula's arms hung splayed away from her body that was cradled in her leather office chair. A large red patch spread across her body and lifeless eyes stared up at the ceiling. Chandra backed out of the room. She couldn't swallow for the lump of fear and vileness she'd just witnessed. Think. Call the police. She punched in nine as sirens shrieked and grew louder. Maybe they're coming here. They had to be coming here. This town is too small for there to be two incidents where the cops are needed at the same time. She put her phone in her bag and strode toward the front of the building. The door buzzed. A young officer she'd never seen before burst into the building with his gun held in front of him. Stop! Put your hands in the air! He shouted. Chandra squeaked and raised her arms. Did you call the cops? No, I... He advanced on her so fast she didn't know what was happening until he wrenched her arm behind her back. What are you doing? She asked as pain twinged up her arm. I'm detaining you until I can search the premises. He cuffed her and started to haul her to the door. Oh, no, you don't. I'm not going into a squad car and looking like a criminal when I'm not. I just arrived and found Paula in the office. I was starting to call 911 when I heard the sirens. Chandra dug in her boot heels. There was no way she'd have the whole town see her sitting in a cop car. She'd done nothing wrong. Who's Paula? He tugged on her, but she refused to be humiliated for nothing. The owner of the gallery. She's in her chair in the office. Dead. That stopped the zealous officer. We received a phone call of suspicious activity. He changed course, pushing her ahead of him to the back of the building and the office. Chandra complied. She'd rather stand by the office door while he did his thing than be seen in a cop car. At the office, Blaine, his name tag said, stood her next to the door. Don't move. You're still a suspect. She nodded. She'd stay here all day if she didn't have to look at Paula again. He entered the office. Holy shit! Chandra couldn't have said it better. She heard him moving around before he came back out. He pushed the button on the radio receiver, clipped to his shoulder. Dispatch, this is Blaine. We've got a homicide over at Doring Gallery on Huckleberry Street. I have a suspect in custody. Now wait a minute. He silenced her with a swipe of his hand through the air. Don't let anyone else enter and don't leave the premises until a detective gets there. The excitement of the dispatcher's voice reminded Chandra this resort town rarely had excitement of this magnitude. This was big news for Huckleberry. Sad news, but big news. She didn't like to think someone from their small town could be a murderer. She knew most of the locals. She'd purchased the old Whitmire Ranch 30 miles north of town two years ago. That was three years after she graduated from college and received enough of an inheritance from her maternal grandmother to try her hand at pottery. Her search for a place had taken a while, one of the reasons being she needed land with a certain type of clay soil. She found it on the ranch. The clay had become her signature in her pottery. Officer Blaine yanked on her arm. I'm going to sit you in the extra chair in the office. Oh, no, you're not. You bring that chair out here. I'm not sitting in there and staring at Paula. The one glimpse I had is enough to haunt me. 
She glared at the man, thankful he was only a few years past puberty, and she stood several inches taller than the officer, making it easier to intimidate him. He ducked into the room, pulled the extra chair out, and Chandra gladly sat down. For all the bravado she showed the officer, her knees were knocking together. She was his only suspect for the killing. She was innocent. But growing up, she'd witnessed more than one Native American person be railroaded. It was the reason her mother and stepfather forbid her to talk about her father's family. They felt she would be persecuted. The small ranch community in Montana where they lived was tolerant of very little.